Well, I'm going to introduce myself because I'm going to talk tonight. <laughs> so, hello. Um, my name is Karina, if you're new, and uh, hi. Um, we're on the elder pastoral team here at Blazing Fire and youth pastors, young adult pastors. So, here I am, and I need Jesus like the rest of you. We all need him. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are in our lives, Father. Thank you that you're so good and you're so faithful to us. We thank you, Father, that you meet us right where we're at and that you're so present. God, we ask that you would... um, Just speak to our hearts where we need you most tonight, and that your word would be um, run run swiftly, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your covering over us. And we cling to you. We draw close to you, Jesus, as you are always so close to us. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, I um, am going to share something tonight. Something with you? Yeah, thanks. Amen, we could go home. (laughs) Um, Kind of a theme that uh, we've been talking about as elders is how we can really love outside of the church um, well. And uh, Russ brought a great message last week about the relational gospel. And so um, I'm going to continue on that theme a little bit about how to engage and how to impact the world around us. Um, we, we used to have a school, an equipping school, and so I think I, I remember I did a little series on this about how to, um, how to love people outside of the church. And so I'm going to give like a little, just a small glimpse picture of that and see where we go from there. So let's see. Okay. So engaging and impacting the world around us. So when I say engaging, I'm, I'm learning myself how to press in, how to um, lean in to people in my family and people in the church, people outside of the church, how to really interact in a way that is going to bring life and freedom for other people. So I've really been meditating on a scripture that I read every day and that convicts me and that I really am learning how to walk out and live out myself, and I don't always do it perfectly, and I want to learn how to walk in this more, and even recently, uh, my husband will attest to this, we've, just some things have come up, and so I'm feeling a little bit like, wow, I feel like I really, I don't know, like, what right do I have standing up here, so I'm going to be completely honest and vulnerable with you, but God keeps reminding me that Whatever we're walking out personally, whatever we're going through, we have authority in. So uh, it does not mean that I am doing this so great or that i am got it all together because I most definitely do not. So that's my vulnerability piece for the evening, <laughs> just put myself out there. Um, I think I'm going to come down here since we're a small group tonight. Um, so this is a scripture, and I'm... This is from the Passion Translation, Philippians 2, verse 3 through 5. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. 
Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Isn't that good? I I read this every day. I meditate on it. And I say, Jesus, I want to do this. I want to know what it looks like to love really well and to to love completely selflessly. Um, What does that look like, Jesus? Because I feel like I've caught little glimpses of it. But sometimes in my everyday to day life, I feel... You know, I can become very self-absorbed and kind of wrapped up in what's going on in my mind and the traffic in my head and um, that sort of thing. And so this has just been my prayer, and I pray that it would be a prayer for all of us to learn how to really love well because the world is really looking for authentic love. And I think we're all doing a pretty good job, even though I'm, I know I'm being a little hard on myself right now, but I think we're all doing a pretty good job of that. But let's grow in this even more. So, um, God's just been talking to me about, um, I guess what you would say, like the spiritual climate of our country and where people are at and why people are crying out in different ways and what's kind of underneath some of the upset and the tension outside of the church. And I'm not thinking about one particular thing or one particular movement or anything like that, but I am a feeler, which means like if I walk into a store, sometimes all of a sudden I'll feel like a heaviness or a depression or I walk into church and feel like anxiety and maybe I didn't have it before I walked in. So if that's you, it's good to pay attention to that. And sometimes it's not always you. It's you're kind of picking up on the climate and what's going on in the atmosphere. And uh, Jesus is inviting you to partner with him and show you how to pray. So I've kind of just been picking up on tension and different things like that in our in our country outside of the church and and Jesus just took me on a journey and just wanted to start asking me um, to pay attention to what's really going on underneath because sometimes a lot of times in the world you know there's lots of protests there's lots of movements and we can be bothered sometimes or offended by those things instead of really asking God what are people really crying out for what is underneath the um, signs and the shouts, what, what are they really longing for, God? And he showed me that people really are longing for justice. Um, and justice is a really wonderful thing. Um, people feel like there's an unequal distribution of justice in the world right now, and they really are desiring what they feel every human being should have, what is rightfully theirs. And whether we as the church think that's wrong or we feel like, well, they're in sin or whatever our thoughts or beliefs are. The deep need is justice. And God is the author and he is justice. So here's a definition. Justice is God making all things right. It's Jesus removing everything that would violate all that he has for you. He takes away everything, everything that would get in the way of you receiving what he has for you. He, he removes it. And then I recently heard this, which I love. Justice is the highest form of love. It's what Jesus came for. It's the ultimate price. It's his sacrifice on the cross. And that is what the world is hungry for. Isn't that amazing that they're really longing 
for things to be made right, whether we um, agree with them or not. That's the real need in the world right now. And then God started talking to me about how people are really also, what the deep need is, is that they're hungry for what's real and what's genuine, what's authentic. They, Todd and I are around a lot of young people and you know, some who really love the church and a lot who really don't. And a lot of times they say, you know, we just really want something. We want to feel what's real. We don't want to show. We want the authentic. And so that's the pulse of what I think our country is looking for, something very genuine and very real. And we can offer that because I'm just surrounded in a room right now by people that I love being with because I like real. I mean, I I got up here and said, hey, I feel like I don't have it all together, and I appreciate my friends and all of you in here who can actually be very real and authentic and honest and vulnerable, and I so appreciate that about each one of you. I, I looking around the room and seeing different conversations I have and say, oh, that's what I love about our church. That's so awesome. So we are the answer the world is looking for. Jesus is the answer for sure. Um, So God has also been showing me that he really wants to increase our discernment and our sensitivity. So I've I've been talking to Bill Hernandez, who oversees our prophetic, and God's doing so much in him, and he's really increasing that in each one of us and other people I've talked to. Similar to, um, if you read in the word, the sons of Issachar, Issachar, am I saying that right? Um, They understood the times and the seasons that Israel was in, and then they knew what to do. So I am praying that for us as a church, that we would be so sensitive to what our country needs, to what the world needs, and we would be able to lean our, our ear into his chest and to say, God, what, what's underneath some of these cries and, and have answers and solutions? So you have it. I'm going to be cheering you on tonight. Um, what we need to really be careful with is to not, as I said, not get offended at the behaviors or um, different things like that that could really, you know, tweak us a little bit, especially those who are completely different than us, who look different than us, who think differently, who who have a different political affiliation than we do. Um, God's saying it's really time to kind of Really watch your heart because you're not going to have favor or be able to speak into these people's lives if you're so bothered or offended by what they're saying or what they're doing or what they're shouting. I'm speaking to myself. Um, I grew up, I've shared this before, um, my dad is um, gay. He's um, actually married to a man who has been my father, a second father to me for since I was a very little girl and I'm getting older. So he's always been a dad to me. Um, I love him very dearly. So I grew up going to, I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I grew up going to the Gay Pride Festival every year before it was popular. Now I guess it's like everybody goes and it's a really popular thing to do with um, gay, straight, whoever. Um, But I went 35 years ago and was this little girl not really knowing what was going on, spending time with uh, my dad's friends who were gay and the most sincere, most amazing people you would ever meet. Um, my uncle died of HIV, died of AIDS. He had HIV. I, I grew up around um, men who had HIV, and it was there wasn't um, a whole lot that it, the medical field could really do for them. 
So I have a very tender place in my heart for that community, if you can't tell. Um, just lots of friends and family members who live that lifestyle. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. I'm kind of going off on a little bunny trail. Forgive me. But um, when Proposition 8 came out where gay marriage was being legalized, I remember um, some Christians just being very hateful to my dad and um, my dad's now husband, being very hateful to them. And, you know, I came to them and apologized on behalf of Christians that have hurt them. And it was so healing and so beautiful to see um, the reconciliation that took place. And as his daughter, and I, you know, I just adore my dad so much for him to see, wow, you know, not all Christians are going to be hateful towards me, but there is love and healing that can happen. So that's why I kind of feel a little passionate. I don't talk a whole lot about it, but it is something that I do uh, care about deeply. So what are the deep cries of people's hearts underneath? Um, what are, what's underneath the surface? Another little story I want to um, tell is I often go to um, speak at middle schools or high schools or rotary clubs, different places like that to talk about human trafficking and to share about um, the survivors at the safe house I help at and kind of prevention and that sort of thing. And I remember speaking at um, a high school, and then this also happened at a local community college, and I was talking about pornography and telling the young people, uh, just, you know, when you're watching pornography, just you need to really be aware that a lot of the women... Um, are trafficked. And so I, I kind of said, hey, let's just, just don't watch it. And the guys back in the day, I don't know, if you talked about pornography, people would kind of like, I don't know, young people would put their heads down. But it was really interesting. In this high school and in this college, they all kind of shouted back at me and said, hey, no. You know, like they were upset when I told them that. They weren't even, there was no shame. It's kind of very accepted that it's just in their culture and that's what they watch and do. And so I remember getting very tweaked and a little upset by that. Like, how, why are we so apathetic about this thing? And um, God just started really softening my heart for these young men in particular at this high school and this community college. And he said, hey, um, I want you to go talk to them. So later on, I was able to talk to a few of them. And I said, hey, just pay attention when you go to to pornography and you watch these things, pay attention to if you're feeling pain in your heart. And they, several of them admitted, yeah, like when I'm going through stuff, I turn to this because it's kind of like medication sort of thing to numb. And then also we kind of got to the root of a lot of times um, for some young men when they feel really rejected, they will turn to this because they feel like um, all of a sudden you know, this false image behind a computer screen is making them feel like they're okay. So they heard me, and I heard them with some people that I really was feeling a little upset with and not really understanding, and God kind of switched some things. So I give that example to say God's really inviting us into a place where we can really look beneath the surface of some things that um, really do bother us and what it looks like and what, what, what there's always pain Underneath every sin, it doesn't matter what it is, there's always deeper pain, whether it's drinking or pornography or adultery, whatever it is, there's always deeper pain. So God says, hey, 
let's let's not look at this behavior anymore. We need to address it because that's what Jesus did, but let's look at what the cries are of people underneath. So this is Romans 12, verse 9 through 10. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So I just think it's super important that we all acknowledge that God has placed, strategically placed, each one of you in some area of influence, whether it's in the schools, in your family, uh, business, wherever you're at, for a reason. And let's take the example of Jesus. So he jumped right in the middle of chaos. He jumped in the middle of current affairs. He wasn't afraid to address things. He didn't run from it. He cared more about the condition of people's hearts than he did about making sure they were following the law. He wanted to make sure, how is your heart? Where are you at? How can I bring healing to you? Um, it's not always, it's not an easy thing to do. I, I admit, I'll be the first to say that, you know, a lot of times when I met with something, it's so easy to look on the surface instead of finding out what's going on underneath. But that's my goal when I've talked to, we meet with young people all the time. When I meet with them, I want to find out, okay, let's, Let's talk about what's going on deep in your heart and let God meet you there. And in current times, I know um, a lot of times we want to avoid certain topics or talk about certain things because I think I'll I'll speak for myself that it just kind of feels like you're going to add further insult to the injury. You don't really know how to say certain things or how to address it, but even in talking... um, with different people that are completely different than me, what I hear from from people is, hey, you know, sometimes your silence makes me think you're just apathetic. And um, I, I really want to hear, and I, I'll admit, I, I don't really feel like I need to speak out on every tragedy and every, you know, current event going on, but let just I just want us to um, ask Jesus, what is it that we really care about? And and to really get his heart and start talking to our friends outside of the church about certain topics and, and hearing what they have to say and what does God have to say about it. So simple acknowledgement of people's pain can bring more healing than we realize. This is an area that I'm so growing in, in empathy. Um, empathy is feeling with, not for. And that. That's actually was really huge for me when I heard that because a lot of times I think it feels like if someone's sharing something really heavy with you, you're like, oh no, what's this going to require of me? Do I have it in me to give what I think they're needing? And so empathy is not really taking someone else's burden. It's being with. It's, It's being like this. It's not like taking whatever they've experienced for them. So feeling with. And that, that just really takes the load off to know that. So um, it doesn't always come naturally for everyone, especially if you didn't experience it growing up. If you didn't have a mom or dad that could be empathetic and understanding, um, it's, it's not always easy to give. So first, we need to learn how to really receive it. And if you have a hard time receiving, it's, it's going to be challenging for you. But God is so willing and and ready to to empathize with your heart and where you need them the most. So this is some language that doesn't diminish people's pain. So these are some tools for all of us that we can learn, whether you're family members or 
um, your friends and family who don't yet know Jesus. This is some language we can use. Uh, This must be really hard for you. I'm here with you. I hear you. I'm sorry you went through that. It's okay to feel sad and angry. And I think that's all. Yeah, there's a lot more. But um, those are things that that you can, um, that's language that really is healing for people and not really necessarily having to have all the answers because Jesus is the answer. But um, those are just simple things you can say that's going to actually help someone come out. I think for all of us, we just want to know that we're not in it alone. We want to know that someone's going to come down in the pit with us and and when you know that you're not alone, it's like, oh my gosh, the shame leaves. I've seen time and time again where I'll be in a high school and I'll talk about something that kids feel like they're the only one that struggles with it and their head is down. And when I, I say, hey, I've been abused um, or someone else shares something about their story, then all of a sudden there's things shift in the room. That's where you feel like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden people feel like there's actually hope. I'm not in this alone because shame will tell you you're the only one that struggles with depression. You're the only one that struggles with that sin. It's just not true. We're all in this together. So here's um, Psalm 4510. This is just the very beginning. I love this where it says, listen, consider, and incline your ear. God's asking. He doesn't just say listen. He says, consider this and incline your ear three different times. Listen, listen to the cries of the people. Consider this. Put your ear a little closer to my chest and hear what, what people are longing for. What, what kind of stories do people have that they really need to share? Uh, so much of the time, our world is so noisy and so loud, and we kind of feel like we have to get the next word in. But um, if you haven't watched, this is a side note, if you haven't seen the documentary about Mr. Rogers, I can't remember what it's called. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, my goodness. Todd says go see it. It is so good. I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I love, I mean, I watched it every day. He was, he's an ordained pastor, and he, he really knew how to listen. And I remember the simple act of him putting his shoes on and putting his little sweater on, and I would sit there in front of the TV just staring and feeling like, he's so loving, he's so caring. He didn't preach the gospel but he knew how to love so well. So I encourage you to go see that movie. It will really wreck you, and, and yeah, he shines the love of God. So um, he knew how to really hear the heartbeat of what kids need, and that's so rare and so beautiful. So if you just really, we can get quiet enough and press our ear against God's chest, you'll hear the heartbeat of heaven, and you'll hear the cries of your friends and family and what they really are looking for, what they're longing for, justice. They're longing to be loved. They're longing to want to be known and accepted. And it's really um, the church's response is, hey, we want to love you. We want to show you Jesus. We want to uh, be his ambassadors on the earth. So, um, yeah, amen. (laughs) Um, I'm actually going to call up my daughter, Sierra, right now. So, Sierra, you want to come up? So Sierra is going to share on this topic a little bit. We were talking, and she has so much wisdom. So I'm like, why don't we do a little tag team here? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Hello. 
Um, I don't have a lot to share, but I have some. But, um, yeah, I love... Ah! I don't have any cool slides, so I'm sorry about that. Um, you'll just have to look at me. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just love that what she was saying, just like um, reaching out to people in different communities and just like reaching out to the lost and even reaching out to people that we interact with every day is just so needed and Jesus really needs to be represented out there and re- needs to be revealed through us out there and um, yeah the world really needs him and so I'm something that's been on my heart is compassion um, it's really been stirring up in me a lot and God's been um, speaking to me just through the way that he Jesus lived in compassion and so I'm going to share a little bit about that but um Something God was showing me is that compassion isn't just simply feeling pity for someone else, but it's saying, I recognize your need, and I'm deeply moved by your need and want to do something about it. And in the Greek in the Bible, it means literally to be moved in the inward parts. So it's, this is kind of weird language, but it says like to feel it like in your bowels, which is, it sounds really weird, but it's like this deep feeling in your gut that you feel that you have to do something about it, and it requires action and not just only a feeling. And I think empathy and, and compassion go hand in hand so well because in order to have compassion, you need empathy for others. Um, but, yeah, I always look to Jesus whenever he speaks to me about something. So um, in Luke 7, 7... 11 to 17, there's a story about Jesus raising a widow's son from the dead, and so I'm going to read a little bit of that. It says, soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, His heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Um, Something that always catches my attention in, in that story is that it said that he was overflowing with compassion for this family. It's not just that he wanted to see them healed, but first he was deeply moved and saw the need for healing in their lives and actually did something about it. And there's another story in Luke 5 where he heals a man of leprosy. And that story is crazy because in back in the day, if you even touched anybody with leprosy, you'd be considered unclean and you'd be considered outcasted and somebody who you don't even want to interact with. But Jesus came and he was moved with compassion that he did something out of the ordinary and something kind of crazy and reached out and touched this person and healed him because he saw that need so much that he actually did something and was so moved from the inward parts of his body. And he, another thing about Jesus is that he knew what it was like to feel pain. He knew what it was like to, to be human and just to walk among us. And so... He knew everything that we needed and and empathized with us because he experienced the same thing and was so moved that he touched other people. And 
whenever I read about that, I'm like, God, I just, I want to be like you. I want to be so moved with compassion that I actually do something about it, that I'm not just feeling something for a second and just sit idly back, but no, I, I want to do something. And yeah, like I've been saying, compassion compels a response. And um, I'm just sharing from the Bible a lot. <laughs> um, God was speaking to me through Luke 15. Um, Luke just has some really good stories in it. But um, Luke 15 about the prodigal son, which I'm sure most of you know, but um, the father in the story, he, when his son returned back to him, he didn't say like, oh, you did wrong, but he, he was moved with compassion when he saw him because he saw that the son needed a father in the moment, and so he did something about that. And yeah, like he he didn't just sit back and say, oh, I'm so moved with compassion for my son. I love my son so much and just like just stand there and not even tell his son. No, he actually ran forward and chased after him and embraced him, which actually looked really foolish back in the day, but he did it anyway. And that's God's love for us. He, God has so much compassion to heal us. He sees whenever we're in pain. He sees our need for him. He sees the brokenness that we feel sometimes and the just the um, just every emotion that we have he sees it and he empathizes with, empathizes with us and he has compassion to heal you he had compassion when he went to the cross Jesus he he was so filled with compassion that he went to the cross and died he saw our need for sin to be removed out of our lives for sin not to dictate us dictate our every decision anymore and he saw our need for him and he went to the cross and he was like here I am because he loved us so much and because he was moved from the very inward part of his body that he was like I need to do something for these people that I love so much and just yeah just seeing this expression of love and the the expression of compassion just really one day I was it just makes me want to do something. Just one day I was in my car driving home from school and out of nowhere, Jesus was like, I'm giving you a heart for the homeless. I'm giving you a heart for people who are marginalized and don't feel seen. And I was just bawling because he was, I don't know, I just I had a vision of just all these people and all of them just really experiencing the true love of God and not just being turned away anymore, not just people turning their backs anymore. And and I was like, oh my goodness, God, this is amazing. And I started praying for them. And and after that, I didn't really think about that moment, but um, I shared last night about my discipleship training school that I was at for five months. I was in Australia doing a Bible study type school, but also like school for missions and that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, during that time, um, I think it was Holy Spirit week, we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and one of the gifts of the Spirit was mercies. And I felt like that was a gift that God told me I had. And and we were just praying and asking God, like, how can I walk out in the gifts that you've given me? And during that time, God brought me back to that moment where I was just so deeply moved in my car for these people and just just the lost in general. And 
And I was like, oh, God, I just love them so much. And he actually convicted me a little bit. He wasn't condemning at all, but he was challenging me, saying, like, yeah, that was a moment that you felt my heart for other people, but did you really do anything about it? And I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Like, I don't want to just have a moment where I'm crying over people, over the lost. I want to actually be with them and and walk with them and, and talk to them and I think um, something God was telling me was that I've I've been so afraid and to walk out in that, and also I just didn't know how to do it either. And so through like the DTS and just through the last couple of weeks, God has been challenging me, saying, like whenever I do feel that way, He's asking me, so what can you do about it? And so He's just giving me different tools and helping me grow and walking out in that and really challenging me and it's not because I'm doing it out of works like I have to do this thing because God told me to but it's because I love God so much and I love I have his heart so much for these people that I want to do something about it because I'm so moved within that I need to do something about this instead of just sitting idly by and it takes a lot of courage to do it. Like I said, I I was so fearful about it and just so afraid before and like I still get afraid to do it but it takes a lot of courage for us to step out and to actually do something instead of saying, I'm too afraid to, to love on this person today. And there's definitely no condemnation in not doing that kind of thing either. Like, that was my personal conviction and a personal challenge for me. But if you feel challenged in any way, like I did, I, I encourage you to step out, even if it is kind of scary. And, yeah, there's absolutely no condemnation. But... um. Yeah, and also, yeah, it was just really cool going to Australia and Thailand and doing evangelism and actually walking out in that. And, um, yeah, a quick story, I guess, that I could share through that is one day, I think, when was it? Yeah, I was in Australia, and we were doing evangelism, and there was just this couple that stood out to me, and God was like, I see... He was just, like, showing me all of these needs that they had and, like, um, yeah, just really giving me his heart for them. And I just felt so much love for them. So I was like, I need to go talk to them. So I just sat at their table and was like, hey. And that could have been, like, a really weird, creepy thing to just sit at someone's table. But it worked out somehow. (laughs) But... but, um, yeah, they were per- perfectly fine with it. I don't know how. It was Holy Spirit, I guess. <laughs> but um, So I just started talking to them and just building relationship with them, just talking about random things like, oh, yeah, did you see a kangaroo while you're here? Uh, no, not yet, and, like, that kind of stuff. And just that's, like, that's what this is, just, like, being with people and even just talking to them about whatever. And um, they need people to talk to, and they need people to show to show them that they're seen, even just by having a little conversation with them. But anyway, um, I felt like God was telling me that there's something with their son or, I don't know, something going on with their son that he needs prayer. So I just um, I had, like, a really huge heart for them and was like, God, should I ask this? Should I? And God was like, just step out and courage. And I was like, okay. And, and so um, I asked them if there was something if their son needed prayer for anything or if they even have a well oh yeah 
back up. I asked if they had a son. <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, yeah, he actually, um, he's been kind of walking away a little bit from the Lord. And yeah, they told me that they're saved too. And, and that he, um, he's just kind of taken them, like his parents out of his life. And, and so they were saying that they're afraid because he's a police officer and is risking his life every day, but they have no idea how he's doing and, and that he really needs a lot of prayer for things in his heart that he's kind of numbed. And so we got to pray, and it was just really cool to see God really actually help me grow in, in compassion and actually grow in stepping out and in courage and, and not letting fear dictate what I do. So I think it's so worth it to to just step out in courage and to have compassion for people, not just not just simply having pity for somebody or sympathy, but actually going out there and, and saying, What do you need? And um something to be quite vulnerable, something I've been working through is having a heart for people in this area since I've been back. I've had to be quite honest, I've just been really struggling a bit since I've been back because I love Australia so much. I love Thailand and just, I love third world countries because they're just, well, Australia is not a third world country, but people are just so kind there all the time. And just like people say hi to you on the streets and it's just so easier to love people who do that and who are willing to accept prayer. But God's been teaching me that people need him here too. And people need a lot of love here too it's just that in a third world in a place like a third world country people are more more vulnerable and you could see their needs more easily and they're more apparent but in a first world country a lot of people it's a very individualistic culture so people feel like they don't have a need for god or just a need for a lot and they're like oh i could do it on my own so then they stuff down their needs and and wants and so it just takes digging deeper and, and saying, like, God, what's really going on here? Like what my mom was saying, like, what's really the issue here? And so um, I just encourage you just, if you ever have a hard time just loving people, just like with a lot of money or just in a th- first world country, I just encourage you, like, these people really need love too. Like we... Everyone needs the Father's love. Everyone needs somebody to show them that they're seen. Everybody needs some needs Jesus in their lives and needs Jesus to say, hey, I see you where you're at, and I see that you have a need, and I'm going to fulfill that. So, yeah. And I also I think, yeah, I, I haven't really talked about this. But um, I just want to pray for healing for you guys too because like I was saying in the scriptures that I was reading God had so much compassion to heal these people that he he actually stepped forward and and did heal them and and did something he prayed for it so I just want to say that God has so much compassion to heal you that he sees your pain and he sees what you're going through and and yeah even just like with inner healing and physical healing and he sees everything. So I just, if that's okay, can I pray for you guys? Yeah, okay. 
God, thank you so much that you're a God of compassion, that you're a God of kindness, that you're a God of love, and and that you don't condemn us, God, but that you love us so well, Jesus, that you see everything, God. You see things that we don't even see, God, but you're still gracious enough to give us your heart for others, God, and, and just to give us your heart for every person in the planet, God. And I just pray for everyone in this room right now, God, who needs healing in their bodies, God, physically, Jesus, I pray that you would touch them, Jesus, because you are the healer. And we declare that over this place, God, that you're the miracle working God. And and yeah, we just declare that there is healing in this place, God. And I pray that you would touch them, Jesus, that, that their healing would be a testimony of your power, of your goodness, Jesus, of you as the healer, Jesus. And yeah, God, just where there's so much pain, God, I pray that you would just bring 100% complete healing and that the things in their body would just feel better than they've ever felt before, Jesus. They would be able able to dance, to walk out in freedom, God, just to lift their hands to you, Jesus. And yeah, we praise you for who you are, God. And I pray for people who are in pain, God, who need inner healing right now, Jesus. I pray that you would just touch their hearts, Jesus. I know it's a process. Inner healing is such a process a lot of times, but Yeah, we just declare that you are right there with these people, God, just just like through depression, God, through self-hate, God, just through any issues that are going on in their hearts, Jesus, I, I pray that you would just come in and show yourself as a compassionate God who wants to do something about that pain, who doesn't just see it and just brush it off, but that you're a God who sits with them in their pain, who is with them and who isn't just for them, but who is with them right now, God, and yeah, thank you so much that you're the God who loves us so much, God, and you're the God who sees our need for you, that you're the God who sees the deeper things that we don't even see that you, yeah, God, thank you so much, and we just pray that you would give us your perspective, God, that you would just really give us your heart for this city, God, that you would give us your heart for the Tri-Valley, for the Bay Area, God, for everyone around us, God, that we would be able to love our brothers and sisters so well, God, and that yeah, you would just give us your heart every day for people around us and that we would just be so drawn to them, God, and just pray with them and just love them and show them that you love them so well. So thank you so much for who you are, Jesus. Amen. So good. Really good. Thank you, Sierra. She's been a little fireball. She's totally walking it out. We'll be in the store or walking somewhere, and she stops and stops for the one. And it's been touching my heart a lot, like, wow, because sometimes we can get in our routine and get where we need to go, and I'm watching her kind of taking notice and and stopping and loving people, and it's wrecking me. It's really beautiful. So we are the light. The church is the light. Um, God's asking us to really learn how to engage, and even when things look messy, uh, because if, we, if we're not willing to really engage when things are messy, we're not going to really be the answer that people are looking for, and, and we all are the answer. So you, you each carry a solution the world is looking for. So that says invitation versus invasion. And so real quickly, I just want to touch on that a little bit, how Daniel was invited to interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dreams because he already had relationship and favor with him. So the farther removed we are from people that are different from us, that think different, we, it's just going to be so much easier to criticize and to judge them. 
distance always fuels judgment. And so we, we don't have favor with people we are spending time criticizing or judging. God's asking us, let's close the gap. Let's move in close with people. Let's learn how to engage and talk with them and hear their story and, and see what I'm going to do with that. Relationship and favor will open doors. Pride and arrogance will close it in a heartbeat. Um, humility and service builds trust. And all throughout the Bible, God opened doors of influence for people um, because of their skill sets also. So uh, also Nehemiah, he didn't only walk in power, he walked in wisdom. And when he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, he had the power and wisdom. So um, several of us uh, went to Israel many years ago. We went three times. A real quick story that I love Our second trip to Israel, we um, were invited. It was an honor. We got to paint a house for a Muslim family in a Palestinian refugee neighborhood in Bethlehem. I didn't didn't know before, you know, you hear about Bethlehem and the nativity story, but there's actually um, refugee neighborhoods there. And so we were invited to go into this place and to paint their house. They wanted this pepto bismol pink color, right? Who else was there? Were you, just you? Oh, Marilyn! Remember that, Marilyn? That was fun. They wanted this pink pepto bismol color on their walls, and we said, okay, we'll paint it pink. And it was quite the experience. Uh, I remember, like, their wall, their floor is all cement, so, like, a lot of the pink paint got all on the floor. And so... The next thing we know, the dad is just pouring um, paint thinner just like all over and smoking a cigarette in the house. You remember that? He's like sitting on a stool and we're, oh my gosh. And they're just paint, the whole house is flooded with paint thinner. And we're standing in it and then, you know, they cooked us the most delicious meal while all this was going on in the fumes and we ate it because we wanted to be honoring. Uh, It was an experience and we had so much fun. And we got to pray for them and hear a little bit about their story. And that was it. Okay, so then maybe a year later, we hear that the whole family received Jesus. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, I don't know if it was because we went in low and we served and we listened to them. And, you know, there was other people there building relationship with them. But the power of serving and loving people where they're at and not coming in with an agenda is that's how we found him right that's how right candy the jesus movement candy was saved during the jesus movement she has an awesome story but people met us where we were that was my story i was 18 and really hurting nobody came in with an agenda they just loved me where i was and i said i want that i want that jesus I just want to tell you young people right here, the beanie, I forgot your name, Kenny, and I know you. What's your name again? Yeah, Nigel, that's right. Nigel, hi, I haven't seen you in a while. I just see God all over you, and you young people have something that your friends are looking for, and even if you don't see it yourself, you're such a giant you really are, and you have such compassion and such love. So we bless you. Everyone extend your hands to these young people. We just thank you for them, God. We thank you, Jesus, for the way that you love them, the way you love through them, 
And we just want to tell you that um, our ceiling is your floor. And so we bless you in everything that God has for you and tell you that he is so proud of you. And we bless you to, to love your friends well and to make such a lasting impact in their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. That came out of Holy Spirit. So um, this is Psalm 82, verse 3 through 4. Uh, Defend the defenseless, the fatherless, and the forgotten, the disenfranchised, and the destitute. Your duty is to deliver the poor and the powerless and to liberate them from the grasp of the wicked. That's a big call. And as Sierra was saying, you know, it's all out of overflow, all of it. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation because that's totally fruitless um, when those are our motivators. I know times when I felt like, oh, I should just, I should feel this need. Um, and, you know, I really didn't feel like God was asking me to do it. I, you kind of feel a lot of burnout and you feel resentment really quick. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has been there. Um, so those are never good motivators, but doing things out of passion, out of thankfulness, like Sierra said, out of the overflow of what he's done for us. I, I often feel like, um, whenever I have the honor of loving someone, I'm like, God, you know, you've done so much for me. This is such an honor. It's such a sacred place to get to sit with someone and hear their story when they trust you, when they haven't, they've made decisions like I'll never, you know, step into a church or Christians are, I don't really want don't like Christians, and when someone invites you into that place to talk to you and to share their story, it is such an honor. It's such a sacred place. That's what Jesus, that's how he related to people. It was such an honor for him to get in the dirt with people where they were, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that when he allows us to be in those places. So I've talked enough, and uh, Sierra, do you want to come up here, and we'll, we'll see if there's anything else and pray for people? I'm going to pray for you guys. But can you go ahead and stand up because I've been sitting a while and it's hot. It's been hot, so I feel like let's move a little bit if you get anything else. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I just want to tell each one of you that you you have what it takes. And I, I just thank you, Jesus, that each person in here carries something very special and very unique that the person next to them doesn't carry. And just any place that you have felt like unqualified, that you have felt like you've messed up too many times or um, any of that stuff, I just pray right now, Jesus, that you would wash over each person, that you would speak truth to their hearts. And I pray that you would show them right now, Father, the, um, the gifts that they carry, the fruits of the Spirit that they carry the love that, that they've received from you that is kind of ready to, be, to burst out. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, that each person in here has been placed in some area in society to be an answer the world is looking for. If you are um, in the schools right now, I, I just pray for you to really hear the cries of kids' hearts. I pray for wisdom for you to make a difference. Thank you, Father. I pray for all the moms and dads in this room, and I want to tell you, you are doing such a good job, so much better than you think, and you're raising up world changers. You're raising up those that are going to go out and um, love other people well, and you're doing such a good job. I pray for um, those of you that are 
working in customer service, working in business. And I, I want to tell you that, that God has placed something in you where you are going to bring um, better solutions to your workplace. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And I want to pray uh, for those of you who have um, had a difficult time uh, receiving empathy or receiving compassion. Jesus, would you come so close and speak truth to their heart right now? I want to tell you, you are so worthy of receiving everything Jesus has from you. In any place that your receptor is off, where you kind of feel like it's not okay to have needs, I want to tell you it's okay. Because Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And the poor in spirit are those who know that they need God, so you're blessed. Thank you, Father. I pray that they would be able to receive so much from you right now, God. And that from that place it would spill out to others. God, I pray for those who have had difficulty feeling compassion for other people or love for other people. God, I pray that you would come into those places, God, just where people have guarded their heart because of past pain or past hurt from other people to where it's been so difficult to love others. God, I pray that you would show where you were in those moments, God, where they experienced that pain. Jesus, I pray that that you would just show where you were during that time. Times where people have hurt you. Times where you felt unseen. Times where you felt shame. Jesus, just come and reveal where you were during those times, Jesus. Yeah, God, we release those moments to you, Jesus, and we thank you for being right there with us, God. Thank you for being with us through the pain, through the hurt, Jesus, and for wrapping us in your arms, for embracing us, Jesus. Yeah, we pray for an overflow of love to just fill you. Abundance of love to just consume you right now. Thank you, God. Open up hearts right now, Jesus. I just want to do one more thing. Let's go ahead and let's pray for our friends and family that have been walled off to Jesus. Yeah, if you can go ahead and picture them in your mind right now. Yeah, Jesus, we surrender these ones to you, Father. We thank you, God, that you were so moved with compassion for them, God. And we pray, Father, that you would encounter them with a real authentic love, just like you encountered us, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're so good and you're so faithful. And we just remind you, Jesus, of of everything that you promised for these ones and our family and our friends, God, that they would truly know you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We we, uh, speak hope into their hearts right now, the places that 
um, that they've been hopeless. God, we ask that you fill them up, Jesus, with the living hope, the living hope that is you, God. And I know a lot of you don't live here in the Tri-Valley, but wherever you live, wherever city you live in, let's go ahead and pray right now. Jesus, we pray that you would touch our city. We thank you, Father, that your goodness and your mercy would shine over Pleasanton, over Dublin, over San Ramon, over Danville, over all surrounding cities, Father, that your name would be known, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that your name is above every other name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone needs you. Every human being, every breathing person on this earth needs you. So I pray that for those who feel like they have it all together and they've shut their needs down, God, I pray that you would open up that gap and that place in their heart and that you would show them you are the only one who could fill that place, God. Thank you, Father. We, we ask, God, that you would break off depression and suicide in our cities, God, homelessness. We thank you, Father, that um, human trafficking would come to an end, Father. We thank you, God, that you are justice. You are the living justice. And we pray, Father, for justice in our country, in the places where um, there has just been so much injustice, God. We ask that you would come right now and that you would move in power in love, because you are the king of all kings, the king who should be adored. And we love you, Jesus. You're so good and so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.